you are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. You have been bitten by a radioactive spider, the sun has cooked you a little extra long, and all of a sudden you have a superpower. What is your superpower, and what is the first thing you're going to do with it? First, I'm going to ask Luane. Luane, what are you going to do with your superpower? Please take your medication. <laughs> you know what, Luane? I don't need your judgment. In fact, first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to shoot you with my laser eyes. Eat that, Luane. So among my reviewers here, there's also Elliot. Hello, how you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Doing just great. Glad to hear it. And we've got Matt. Hello, hello. My power would definitely be punching people through the internet, and I would just use it over and over, all day. That's a great power, and thank you for answering the question. And of course, I am Mindy, and I'm the one currently frying the with my laser eyes. Doing now that I've thrown you off. I swear you ain't gonna get me to stop being a superhero coppa. Or whatever nefarious government agency was supposed to be the one giving the pills. I couldn't really tell in this film. Anyway, we are reviewing the new Netflix superhero movie, Freaks, You're One of Us. Would anyone like to give a synopsis for it? Alright, this is the story of a young... I was about to say single mom, but technically she's not, and it's it's a plot point. A young mother who <laughs> works at a um, what I hope is a real place called Cutlet Heaven. Oh, I hope it's real. <laughs> yes. That appears to just serve uh, wiener schnitzel and beer. The movie is, uh, I believe it's, it could be Austria, but I think it's German. I think it's Germany. Yes, yeah. it's Germany. And um, so she is a you know mom. She's a fairly typical home life, and she has an incident in her past that is only alluded to, and she takes medication. She is encouraged by uh, an incident that I won't spoil to discontinue the medication. And when she does, she discovers that it is not psychiatric medicine. It is something suppressing her superpowers, which in her case are extraordinary strength. And uh, she proceeds to seek out connection with uh, others with similar issues. And they sort of follow the getting a super team together kind of trope, but it's a little darker. It's like if your Reese's and your peanut butter... (laughs) was x-men and one flew over the cuckoo's nest and of course that's a good comparison there's a little problem there because that movie is in theaters under a different name so but i don't think anyone's gonna confuse the two (laughs) so how'd you folks feel about it i don't know i had a hard time with this one it was sort of a gradual decline you know it started kind of strong and then i kept losing interest more and more there is a lot of Nothing really happening, or scenes where we get the same information we've already gotten. But I did like the acting, especially from the uh, the main actress. I thought that she was really giving it her all and delivered a great performance. Cornelia Groschel? I apologize to my German friends. She played Wendy. Yeah, I really liked her. I would like to see her do more stuff, bigger stuff. I liked her, and I also liked the... 
mundane, schlubby husband. I thought he was a good actor in a thankless role. Underwritten. Without a lot to chew on, yeah. Yeah, and that cop mustache did not help. (laughs) So, one of the issues that I had with this film was it kind of felt like a poor man's X-Men. As as you said, it had a good start. It had kind of the rogue beginning of I have powers and I don't know what to do with them. And then it had a whole bunch of backstory that you didn't actually get to see. Because, I mean, the title of this is Freaks, You're One of Us. This implies that there are a whole bunch of mutants out there that, assumingly a government agency or something, has been tracking down and trying to destroy. And so it sets itself up as the us against the world, only us has superpowers. But it's like you barely see any of that. And what you do see is essentially the invincible style villain being villainous. So it's like, well, it looks like that government organization has every reason to stop you from being a mutant with superpowers. But it doesn't really go into a lot of detail as to any of that, how any of them know each other. Because it's just like the character of Wendy finds out she has superpowers because some dude comes up to her and is like, hey, you have superpowers and the government is stopping you from having them. And she's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, and then she goes and steals the the company files and by sheer coincidence the other guy is a guy that she knows right which i thought was going to lead into the whole workplace being part of the setup or it like all being some kind of large asylum or something but no you were too far ahead apparently that just really was a coincidence right (laughs) kind of a coincidence yeah and there's a lot of that sort of thing in it and there's a lot of stuff that just kind of has to work i have two major issues with this movie one of them is I am reminded of how much, uh, how many times I have been disappointed by the concept of superpowered beings in a normal world as a fictional trope. Like, it never really works very well. I mean, you have things like Kick-Ass, but there's nobody superpowered. They're just dressing up in costumes and doing stuff, right? It's always disappointing. And this one was kind of right in there. And the other message of the movie that really bugged me, and I... I was less than subtle about alluding to it right from the beginning. If your psychiatrist is prescribing medication, it's for a reason. Yes. And it's not to suppress your superpowers. And please don't stop taking your medicine because you think you're going to get superpowers. I shouldn't have to say that, and maybe I don't, but that was just super distressing for me to see that. Yeah, the other message that I felt distressed by was become the bully, which was a big message throughout the whole thing. It's like these people are put upon, so they decide to become the bully, and that makes them the hero. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It just makes you a bully. And I found that bothersome, too. Yeah, that for sure. Like, you're entitled to one moment. Peter Parker gets to, like, clown Flash Thompson back once, and he has to be kind of subtle about it. Whereas in this one, they go... I mean, one of them goes too far, and then the guy, uh, what was his name? Elmar? Elmar. Elmar, yeah. He goes basically full villain. He tries to pull back on the stick and help them later, but out of a situation that's his fault. I did like the guy whose only power was invulnerability, which is a... Is Merrick. A J. Michael Straczynski's Rising Stars. There was a character like that who he's like in this world of super people and his only power is absolute invulnerability and he ends up resorting to things like working in the circus and working in special effects because he can't really fight crime. Like <laughs> bank robbers just keep judo throwing him and walking away. <laughs> so. And that 
was another character where it felt like there was a shit ton of backstory to this guy, but you only got to see snippets, and that was something throughout the whole thing, where it's like, I think this movie would have worked a lot better if it was a series. It feels super hard like it was meant to be a pilot. Because it leaves so many threads kind of introduced near the end that it feels like there should be, like, another season after this. Because they spend an awful lot of time, I think too much time, world building, but they don't really build the world that much. Yeah. I'm in the middle of working on a pilot right now, and so I've already started seeding things into it that I know I'm going to need later. And that's what it felt like they were doing with this. Yeah, I definitely can see that. Or if not, like, being a pilot, being like, okay, we had this idea for a series. Oh, crap, you're only giving us a movie. Well, then we got to cut this part and cut this part and this part and smash it together as much as we can. It feels like that's, like, the only way for the lack of... Normally, things add too much exposition. This one added way too little in order to try and tell its story. Yeah, and there's some tonal stuff going on here. Like, to threaten your manager at the fast food place is funny once. And to get back at the lady that always parks in the handicapped space is funny once. But then you have the stuff here where, like, she's interacting with her kid and it's really kind of nice. And it's like, my mom has superpowers. What lonely kid didn't think that? And isn't that a sweet little scene? And then the scene where she's jogging at night and the guys try to assault her, she quite obviously kills them, although it's not really well confirmed but yeah at least does, does a ton of damage to them yes yeah they are at a minimum going to the hospital and then the other five that she beats up on purpose that she kind of baits bernie gets style and takes out are clearly like a pattern of like when the guy goes in there the plausible thing that happened in the movie was when the guy went in there and said a woman beat me up and the guy sat down and said okay this is this actually is a pattern i'm calling the right people here but then you had the stuff with elmar and his family it's kind of funny when he haunts his stepmother, but then he also like does it to the point that she actually leaves his dad. So it's like there's a lot of like a little too far. And actually, I like the kick-ass wanted because this did feel like it was kind of coming out of that grittier, that Mark Miller kind of place. Sure. But there's a lot of tonal variance. And like when the husband and Wendy, when they get in the domestic fight during the pool party yeah i was right along with the other adults at the pool party i was just like this is incredibly awkward <laughs> like and then it doesn't have any kind of resolution that that's one of the things this movie does a lot is like they go on their big mission to save all the other mutants from the government organization and then they're done and you know they have this big you know, Wendy has this big domestic fight. And then, I mean, he has a cast in the next scene, but nothing else really happens of it. Her husband thinks that she's having an affair. And then it's like, well, you know. Well, she doesn't even deny it at first. She doesn't even deny it. And then it's like, but we're going to be fine. Although that one does play a little. She actually oversells it. Yeah. Yes. Because she didn't actually do anything with the guy. And she cops to like some emotional infidelity. I think she says there was an incident with a coworker, which I don't know. Maybe something got lost in translation there. But yeah, that's a strange scene. And I also think like for all the exposition they do, it's kind of clumsy and non-relevatory. Like I would have to watch the movie again to tell you if the facility that they're confined in, if it's state run or if it's the company that made the chemical or it had something to do with how they got their powers. Like all the whiteboarding they do, it's not very clear. You don't get a kick of resolution out of it either. 
And it also kind of feels like it's there because plot reasons. Same thing with the comic book. It's like, wow, this comic book that happens to make them look exactly like Wendy and Elmar and has the exact same powers, so of course we're going to follow that plot line. And it's just like, that just feels like plot. Yeah, it's like they just kind of dropped the script right into the show. Right. After I harshed on it, I will say a couple things. In the pro column, like I said before, I like a lot of the individual portrayals. And I liked the tier of effects was pretty plausible. They weren't mind-blowing special effects. We all know that it's easy to make like a desk out of balsa wood so that a little kid can pick it up or whatever, right? All of that looked pretty good. Like when she when she backhands the one thug into the lamppost, it looked good. And it's even sort of grounded enough to be kind of shocking. You, you did a couple of the moments I did go like, oh, ouch, ah. So I think it was well shot. I mean, it's shot like the Nolan Batman movies. It's got that kind of down-to-earth, kind of darker, blue color-graded look to it. Well, they did have a lot of references to Batman in it. So, I mean, that always makes me happy. But <laughs> So how about we get into final thought? Uh, Elliot, how about we start with you? Yeah, sure. I did like a lot of the performances, especially the lead. I forget what her, you said her name was. Cornelia... Gruschel. Gruschel. Again, I apologize to my German fans. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to try and repeat that, but she was great. <laughs> the guy who played Elmar was really good. Tim Oliver Schultz. Tim Oliver Schultz. That's a lot easier to say. Much easier. Yeah, I agree with all of you. I think this should have been a TV show, even though I think this movie felt underwritten and kind of had a lot of padding. I kept losing interest. The more it went on, I found myself having to rewind because I was forgetting what I just watched. I mean, even right now, it's been less than 19 hours since I watched this movie, and there's not a lot that I can remember, to be honest. So I am going to give this 5 out of 10 frightened managers and how about you Luane? it's fine i guess <laughs> i kind of wanted to be more excited about this movie and based on the performances and some of the technical stuff it's not bad but it i think there's just a weakness in the writing and i'm not sure if it's because it's meant to be a pilot or if they were planning on a series and only got a movie or if it's just an issue of translation because my german's pretty terrible I know virtually none, so I'm almost just sort of disappointed with it. And obviously I'm kind of unhappy about the whole thing with the medication. But in the end, yeah, I'm just kind of disappointed with it. It's two and a half out of five Super Crafter. <laughs> now about you, Matt? I hate to back the clock up on the record, but just out of curiosity, I watched this in German with subtitles. Did you guys watch it subtitled or dubbed? Subtitled. I watched it subtitled. I watched it dubbed. Okay, so... Nobody is standing up for one version over the other and saying it might be a huge translation problem. But I think I kind of concur with the flaws everybody sort of found in common. I like this sort of thing. The super team of ragamuffins is kind of my thing. But I'm only going to be able to give this like five out of ten hours you could spend watching Doom Patrol instead. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually did watch Doom Patrol after I watched this. going to cleanse your palate. I agree with all of you. I, and actually, I was watching it because, I, you know, as I said, I watched the dub version wondering whether there was something that was lost in translation. But you guys are saying the same thing with the subtitles, so maybe not. This film, as you said, there's a lot of padding. And when you have a TV show, which means you have more time, maybe that padding is okay because you have more time to explain everything. 
This one didn't. And while the performances were strong, I did like, I'm not going to say her name a third time and butcher it. Wendy. There you go, Wendy. And Tim Oliver Schultz as Elmar in particular were really interesting to see their evolutions. Albeit with the bullying is okay plot point, which really grinded on me. That was interesting, and a lot of the performances were interesting. They didn't really have a lot to work with. And, you know, you have a title of You're One of Us that implies a group where you don't really have a group until the very, very, very end, and you don't even get to know who they are. So it's like, why are these mutants being hunted down and given medication to thwart their powers? How do they know about all this stuff? How do all the mutants know about each other? It feels like there is so much more story here that the movie did not go into, which meant everything was all just very brief. And then on top of that, filled with a bunch of padding, which you should not do at the same time. So while... It was acted well. It looked pretty good. I will say, you know, I agree that the effects and the way it was shot looked pretty decent. The script was faulty and it didn't have a lot for them to work with. So I'm going to give it six Batman PJs out of ten because throughout the entire thing, there are references to how awesome Batman is. And as we all know, that is correct and kind of reminding us that we should just be watching that instead. By the way, I think I'm Team Pattinson. Yeah, absolutely. In this house, we all respect Team Pattinson. I'm Team Conroy, but I will allow it. Yeah, I, I gotta go with you on that one. Conroy's the Batman. Hey, did any of you guys watch the post credit scene? Yes. Oh, I didn't even know there was one. There was. They went full superhero movie. There's a clip at the end with her kid. Did the Homelander throw him off a roof to see if he could fly? <laughs> <laughs> Oops, spoilers. 